Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. Hey, Jets fans, it's Kishore. Welcome back to the Jet Centric Podcast. I know it's been a while since we've released an episode, so we decided this week to release a two parter. We're doing our quarter season player grades uh, for every player across the Jets, the team, and the coaching staff. Uh, we hope you enjoy this. The first episode is focused on the forwards, and the second episode is focused on the defensemen, the special teams, uh, coach, and we had some special words about the GM. Hope you enjoy, and look for us on uh, intermission spaces going forward on Jets games and more episodes soon. With that, let's get to the episode. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Jet Center Podcast. It's Liz here, and I'm joined by Brian and Kishore today. Uh, wow, it has been a while. Um, we are sitting here just kind of chatting for quite a while before we actually started the episode, just talking about kind of the last month, why we haven't been as active, kind of everything um, with that, and also just kind of the Jets in general, what we've seen in this first quarter of the season. Uh, so we thought we'd bring to you guys a quarter season report card today. So I'll just kind of preface it a little bit with kind of some background information about how we're going to be doing this episode. Um, feel free to kind of play along if that makes sense as we go like kind of listen to the rules that we're putting in place here and then just kind of as we go through the list of the players go through the roster seeing kind of um what kind of grade you would give that player um so yeah we've seen what yesterday was the 21st game against arizona something like that like around the 20 game mark so we thought we'd give um our initial grades on these players so basically what we're doing is we're giving a letter grade kind of old school style to each of the players relative to our expectations so that's kind of the big thing because it's like you know you have your guys who make over five million dollars who are going to be your better players and then your lower end guys are going to be your lower end so it's not as fun to do it that way so what we kind of do is each as an individual we take a look at what we were expecting to see from this player and kind of where that player has ended up relative to that expectation so kind of the way that I set this up and I encourage the guys to do the same was kind of from a scale of A plus A, B plus B, C plus C, D, F, putting B as your exactly met your expectations kind of thing, not a lot of um, a gap between kind of what you thought you were going to see and what you have seen. And then anything above a B is kind of exceeding your expectations. Um, and then below a B is not meeting your expectations. So when we're going to go through those players and stuff, we'll also talk about kind of what our expectations were, because I know some of us have different expectations of different players. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the way that we're going to go. Um, and yeah, we'll just move down the lineup and talk about the players and what we've seen um, in the first 20 games. So I will get us started. Uh, I we're going to start list. with the most important jet, right? <laughs> Nate Bowie. <laughs> yeah, we're going to start with our 14 forwards or whatever. <laughs> we start at call the them our bottom of my time. list. I know he's actually on like a different color on my list because I literally forgot about him when I was making my list. I was like, oh yeah, this guy. Because, you know, I was thinking of our defense and, okay, before we, has he played more shifts on forward than on defense or has he played more on D this year? Do we know? He's played more or, or shift. is it close? I'm sure he's played more shifts on Ds. Just, I think yeah. so. But... He's, more he's definitely played more forward. <laughs> he's definitely played more shifts thing. on D because of, mm-hmm. he played on the PK uh, right, a bunch. Right, right. <laughs> when he was uh, checked in on D. Uh, but you know what? I, I am going to say something nice about Nate Boyu. He wasn't the worst defenseman as a forward that I've ever seen. That's all I got. I don't remember a lot of defensemen as forwards. Justin Bufflin. So Justin Bufflin. I mean, yeah. Was, we have the that quintessential wasn't, one. That wasn't awesome, but... <laughs> that was an interesting... I'll, I'll never forget that one. 
Um, but do we want to start off with Nathan Bolio while we're at it? No. Let's just no. Okay. No, no. We'll Come on, let's him. start. We're we starting start at, the at the top. 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 All yeah, right, we'll start at the top. I got my list. The we'll bore the player. hell out of our listeners by the end. <laughs> yeah, they can stop listening when we get to the to the bolio. Uh, That's fair. Nash. That we don't we don't have to put them through all that if they don't want to listen. <laughs> for sure. So maybe we'll start off on a positive note. I don't know about for you guys, but for me, the first player I have on my list, just kind of going by, I listed forwards and defense. So maybe we'll go that way. I have Kyle Connor as my first, and he gets an A from me. So B would have been a meeting expectations thing. I kind of had my idea of what I would see from Cal Connor this year. And it's, I think it's safe to say that he has exceeded what I thought I was going to see from him. I really liked, I, I think I've seen a lot of growth in his game as an individual. Um, and part of that probably comes from different line mates for the first, for a good chunk of these first 20 games, other than the last few that we don't speak of. Um, but I really liked what I've seen from him just kind of as a little bit more of a play driver, a little bit stronger on the puck and on, on the boards and little things like that, but also still keeping that incredible scoring touch alive. So Cal Connor gets an A from me. Uh, Kishore, what about you? He's the closest player to an A plus on this uh, on this team uh, for me. A, a definite A. Um, I've been most impressed, and I looked at some of the Sport Logic data. He has the tops on the Jets for zone entry, uh, and he's still like a exceptional finisher. Uh, so even for a comparable comparable player, his shooting percentages is much higher. I think I've been most impressed this year, especially when he was with Dubois and Svechnikov uh, for those chunk of games about how much play driving he actually uh, uh, constructed. I think I, my concern for Kyle Connor, who's always been a bit streaky, is uh, slowly over the last like 15, uh, 10, or five to 10 games, his, his shooting distance from the net has been growing and his time of possession has been going down. Uh, and the, like that's to be expected. He's always not going to possess the puck as much on a Connor Cycle Wheeler line compared with a Dubois, Connor, uh, whoever on, on the other side. Um, and so uh, I want to see Kyle Connor more with the puck going forward, but definite A. Yeah, I uh, I also ended up at the A for uh, for Kyle Connor. Um, never in my wildest dreams did I think this year he would turn into uh, an elite play driver, but that's that's really what he's been. Um, even with uh, even when he had Wheeler not really doing a whole heck of a lot on that line with uh, with Dubois in the middle, he was still generating quite a bit of offense and a lot of that they were doing it basically two on five so that was that was pretty impressive for me so I don't I don't entirely blame him for the recent uh for the recent cold spell like the finishing obviously hasn't been there in recent games but it's gonna happen and like I said he's doing a lot of it two on five so two on five with Dubois um, if you didn't understand the reference, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think with the line of Svechnikov, you get the puck on Connor's stick a lot more and you're really able to see what he could do with it when, uh, when he's really controlling things through the neutral zone. So it was, it was nice to see. And, uh, it's, it's really unfortunate where, uh, where things have ended up in terms of the lines, but yeah, a for me. Awesome. Uh, Mark Shifley. For me, um, Mark Scheifele gets a C plus. Um, I have been one of these people who has been a little bit lower on Mark Scheifele kind of progressively throughout the last couple of years. And I wasn't expecting, like I, 
I wasn't expecting much different from him as far as like a player kind of with he's looked a little bit better defensively I found I think he's not looked too terrible um but I think the really the big thing that puts it under expectations for me is the point totals I know we're not big point total people on this podcast but Mark Scheifele being a 0.5 point per game player is not something that I was expecting 20 games into the season and it's I think it's also kind of reflective of how he's just looked a little bit more lethargic I found kind of I I don't know he gets a C plus for me, um, but I'm not married to that grade for him. So I'm curious to see uh, what you guys think. Uh, so I had Mark Shifley as our, our number one center with Dubois, like one, a one B. And so my expectations for Mark Shifley were high. So I gave him a D um, and it's, I agree with you that he's actually been better defensively than what we've seen. And with all due respect to him, potentially, having some lingering COVID issues. We don't know what that actually is for him. Uh, He's just not scoring. And the place that has hurt the Jets the most is on the power play. I'm used to Mark Shifley having more points on the power play. He has two goals through essentially what, 15 games right now. It's that's just not going to cut it when he needs to be a top three scorer on this team. Like period, end of story. I, I get that we are not worried about points per se, but he's a primary goal scorer on this team. And we're short six to probably six goals that I would expect Mark Shifley to be at. The C plus was very kind to me as well. I, I also went with a D um, like you, Kishore. I was expecting, uh, I was expecting an increase in terms of quality of play from Mark Shifley coming into the season. You know, I thought new systems coming in. I thought the one guy this would benefit more than anybody else would be Mark Shifley. And yeah, I've just been totally wrong. Uh, He's just kind of invisible a lot of the time. And I think there's been one or two games where he's generated quite a bit of offense. And other than that, it's been nothing. So I don't really have much more else to say than that. A lot of lazy plays defensively and yeah. That's where I end up. It's a D for Mark Shifley. Oh, fair enough. Okay, next I have Blake Wheeler. Um, so for me, Blake Wheeler gets a C. And again, that might be high for some people. I don't know. But I remember speaking to Murat when we were kind of talking about the offseason, kind of the season coming up. I asked him for a couple of hot takes. And he thought we were maybe – this isn't trying to shade Murat or anything. Happy birthday, King, by the way. <laughs> but no, it was <laughs> – no, I because he was thinking that we might see kind of more of a resurgence of Blake Wheeler just in point totals perspective, maybe not so much in other things, but just because he is still not a terrible player by any means. But I just think that the usage has killed him this year. Like being top three in minutes every single game is doing terrible things for the team and worse things for him as an individual with his impacts. Um, that being said, I wasn't expecting him to be terrific this year. So that's why he gets a C for me and not anything lower. Um, but again, I... If someone comes on here and just, you know, puts their face in their hands and that he gets an F, I also understand that because he's just not had a great start to the season. I think this is my first surprise grade of, of the day. I gave Blake Wheeler a B minus because my expectations for him are low because he's a 35 year old um, forward with a lot of heavy minutes on his, on his resume. So I make a distinction between, Blake Wheeler's production and Blake Wheeler's usage, which is somewhat sort of out of his control. I think Blake Wheeler at 17, 18 minutes a night, maybe even 19 minutes a night could be productive on the power play in like 
offensive zone starts, he still has elite passing ability. My concern with Blake Wheeler and the reasoning and you know, a B minus the things that degrade with him is he's not skating with the same speed. And a lot of times you'll notice when uh, pucks come to him, the play slows down greatly. There's less puck movement, less puck possession. He's been terrible on zone entry. He's been terrible on zone exits too. Um, So maybe I should grade him a a notch lower, but my expectations for him coming into the season is that he was actually going to be a third line player. Um, And he's playing kind of first line minutes. I actually am not worried about the fact that he hasn't scored a goal um, because I think his actual like expected golden numbers aren't horrible for who he is. Um, But to me, like the, the it's this pairing and usage that has been really um, uh, the worst and that's coaching. That's not really him. Yeah. I, uh, I ended up at a C for him. Um, But I, I, I agree with everything you're saying there, Kishore. Um, I want to see it first before I can determine whether, um, like, whether I can bump them up to uh, C plus or something like that. Uh, you know, he just hasn't been good at all in the role that he's given, and I, I just thought he'd be at least an okay player this year. Like, I didn't, I don't know what role um, I was expecting them to use him in, but it's, it's obviously not working this year. Uh, yeah. I, I don't really know what else to say. Cause like, it's not his fault that he's playing that many minutes. Like you said, uh, maybe he could be still a real good player with 15, 16 minutes a night, but the, the 20 plus like he was, 22 i think in the last game it's it's just way too much right now especially for a guy who he's not getting it done like use some of your other guys some of your other lines that were that were working um yeah overall it's it's a it's a c for blake wheeler for me but with room for improvement if he were to do better in a lesser role kind of thing yeah absolutely I'll defend Blake Wheeler on this just a little bit. Again, another COVID person. We don't know what that is doing to him. And the last like five games or so, again, against like not great competition, we've seen some flashes on, on the power play with him back on the, on the right side of the half wall of him being back to himself. I really, really dislike him on the PK. Like, super duper dislike him on the pk that usage scares the heck i don't like the idea of him on the pk just wearing him out from that standpoint also true you're not you're not getting anything substantial possibly you're possibly getting worse on the pk having him there instead of you know whoever tony nato svechnikov i mean played on the pk this year maybe he could but yeah you're just wearing out Blake Wheeler, a guy who's already looking worn out, right? So yeah, yeah that's a good point. Um, okay, next I have Pierre Dubois. Um, Pierre Dubois gets an A for me. Um, the last couple of games again have been, you know, whatever. I think the team's just really in a bit of a what's the word like a rut right now kind of thing. But he just looked really good to me at the beginning of the season. Um, that being said, I could have given him a B plus just because I did have really high expectations for him this year. Like last year was atrocious by every definition of the word. He wasn't good. 
um, and he knew it. And he's on a contract year. He's here to prove himself. He got a full training camp. Like, I just, all these things that we talked about all last year that I was like, when this happens, he'll be better. Those things all happen. So, therefore, I was expecting him to be better. So, he gets an A for me. Um, yeah, that's kind of it from um, Kishore. I got, I gave him an A-. minus. Um, I think I heard Jeff Merrick mention this, that uh, I think the idea was with the new hooking calls that a lot of the faster players will benefit from that. And Steve Eiserman, according to Merrick, said, no, it's actually the power forwards because now they're going to be like a bull – uh, going down towards the net you can't stop them and that's kind of what we've seen from pld this year like he gets the puck uh with any sort of speed coming into the zone like good defensemen can't slow him down going to the net and he's playing against top flight competition um if pld was any kind of finisher he, he would be elite um and he's like just short of that because his shot kind of sucks um uh, but I, it's not great like uh like he can't that's um, a lot of his finishings in tight eh? But yeah it's in tight uh his but, his goals his goals like his goal totals actually typically exceed his expected goals in terms of like over his career like from a finishing standpoint because they're such gross goals but like not, yeah yeah it could be it could just be from banging in front right which i don't mind because it's like completely complimentary to everyone else on the jets like we don't have somebody like that uh and he's been a revelation this is number one center type stuff that he's been showing through the quarter mark yeah he showed slowed down a little bit the last time uh five six games but they've also put his line in a blender uh so mm. i think he's lacks a little consistency i think the other thing you can see is when he's playing he's carried the other people he's playing on the line which is just remarkable uh i thoroughly impressed with him uh if we get to the playoffs he's gonna be a monster uh there like we're seeing hit like you think mcdavid dreams of neil pionk just wait till austin matthews hears that pld's back in the playoffs like we're seeing that version of him yeah i uh i went with an a for pld um I don't know what else there is to say other than what you guys just said, but I was, I was terribly worried about him coming into the season. I'm not going to lie. Um, and you know what we got, we've got a, a number one center, like by the looks of it, um, they just need to use him as such. Right. And keep him with Cal Connor, the guy he's had so much chemistry with, um, yeah, just awesome at driving offense. Uh, he hasn't even been bad defensively, in my opinion, which has never really been a strength of his, but it's, I think he's doing just fine there. And uh, yeah, I, I love his game. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, next I have Nicolette Ehlers, and maybe I'll flip this one to Brian next because I realize Kishore and I are getting all, all our words in, and then Brian's like, yeah, he covered it. So, um, and I'm going to keep speaking first because it's all about me um so Ehlers gets a C from me unfortunately um I don't think Nikolai Ehlers is worse than some of the other players that give him B's B pluses too or whatever but uh I just had sky high expectations for him coming into the season just because of how good he's been for the last couple of years um and I genuinely think it's like one of those things that last year I thought Duwal was hurt just because his results and what I was seeing, like what I was watching just looked so different than what I was expecting. And just Ehlers hasn't looked 
like he's had his moments where he's just like he's incredible like he looks so good but he just consistently hasn't been the same player that we saw last year um that could be for a number of reasons but regardless um he gets to see from me just because I did have high expectations and he hasn't quite met them yet uh Brian what about you yeah, I uh, I also went with a C and I was bordering on a D for him. And you know what? Um, coming into the season, I was thinking uh, the Jets are going to try and play a faster game, that kind of that kind of style sort of thing. And I thought Ehlers was going to go from being one of the best, maybe the best winger in Canada to one of the best wingers in the league. So it's kind of been a letdown, right? Like the shot generation is there, but almost everything is an outside shot right now. And it's there's just not nearly as much creativity there. And I think, I think he's dealing with an injury. Um, the speed and agility just hasn't been there the way it used to be. He's not blowing by guys like he used to. He's not doing his typical flying through the neutral zone and getting an easy zone entry like he used to. Uh, his game is just nowhere near the same right now. And it kind of sucks. I almost want to, if he's injured, I almost want them to see, I almost want them to sit him until he's healthy because if you are going to go on a run this year in the playoffs, you need a healthy Nikolai Ehlers. That guy was your best player far and away last year, like your best forward. Um, he kind of needs to be at that level if this team is going to do damage. So I also gave him a C. Uh, and I agree, especially with that last comment, Brian. I don't think he needs to be the Jets' best player because – of PLD's resurgence and Kyle Connor taking it up a level, but he needs to be close for them mm-hmm. to do a lot of damage. Uh, some promising things about Ehlers though. As of a couple of weeks ago, SportLogic still had him seventh in zone entry. And I couldn't find the stat. I saw somebody post on Twitter that his shot attempt distance is up eight feet from last year. Um, and so that is like highly concerning. He's still getting in the zone. He's just not getting into the slot and he's taking shots from farther away. Mm -hmm. Those are all recipes for a huge drop-off in goals. The injury I think is understated. Something isn't right with him. Is Nikolai Ehlers healthy? Stole a game by himself this year against the Kings. He won a game, like outside of goalies, how many players in the league steal entire games by themselves? Maybe like five? Like, and the list starts with McDavid, right? I also had Ehlers on the outside shot of entering the heart conversation this year. Mm-hmm. And that's gone um, based off of this early season performance. I think Ehlers has suffered because of pairing too. Um, I think that I had a lot of hope when he got paired with Shifley that there was going to be something there because those two desperately need each other right now to get going. Uh, because we, when we saw that flash in that one three-on-three overtime where Ehlers just teed it up for Shifley and we got an old-school Shifley one-timer, um, we need the like a pairing of Ehlers and somebody else that's good at center. And that person should be Mark Shifley. If those two find a way to work together, uh, the sky's the limit. So it's a C, um, but it's uh, I don't think Ehlers is at a C 
the rest of the year if the Jets make any noise. Yeah, no. You guys nailed it. And I'm I'm of the mind that if you're not healthy, you shouldn't be playing, like, in general. Like, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's, like, you know, pushing through and stuff. Like, you know what? I don't even care if it's, like, the last game of the playoffs, something like that. Like, if you're going to, like, permanently injure yourself, like, don't play through a broken foot. Like, just go put a cast on it kind of thing. So, like, if he's hurt, he needs to not be playing. I don't care. Like, so I – and I think he is. And that's frustrating for me. But whatever. Um, Andrew Kopp. Andrew Kopp gets an A from me. And now I don't know if that might be a little high, but I have never been as high on Andrew Kopp as everybody else has been. I don't know what's because I, if it's because I overvalue finishing talent and that's something that I don't think that he really has. Um, but I was expecting him to be fine. Um, like I, I was expecting him to play in the top six this year because I didn't want him to play with Lowry and I knew that wasn't really going to be the move. Um, but I just think he's been quite good. I think he's been able to contribute in a lot of different ways. And I think he's, you know, shown some more, like this sounds kind of old school to say like leadership flashes and stuff, but I just think he's kind of taken a step forward and like in a good way. Uh, maybe it's because he's on a contract year. I don't know. Um, but I didn't have super, super high expectations and he's been really good. So he gets an A from me. Uh, Brian? I gave him a B. Um, my expectations were that he'd be, again, a good player. But I, I don't think he's been quite as good in the last 10 games or so as he was in the first 10. I thought the first 10, first 10, I was ready to give him an A. The last 10, maybe closer to a C or a C plus. Um, And maybe that's not all his fault because of the line juggling and all that. Um, But all season his passes have really been on the tape, um, which is nice. Um, but maybe the, maybe the defensive game just hasn't been there in the way that I was hoping it would. So yeah, he's, he's one that's kind of tough for me to put my finger on right now, to be honest with you. And ultimately I'm settling at a B. I don't know if that's fair, but (laughs) that's where I'm at. I, I think it's fair. I had him at a B plus. I think he's been the third best jet forward over the course of the first quarter um and i agree brian that his game has fallen off i would say in the last like seven games especially it's um but again i agree like i don't know if that's because of how he's been utilized in those last seven games too he's the been the most like consistent forward i expected him to be middle six this year even with the the contract he's playing at a top six level Uh, like forget the goals he's just playing well with anyone he plays with and he's played with a lot of different players and um what i've noticed about cop this year more so than years past he makes like subtly decent plays in the offensive zone that create just a little bit of space or keep the puck in just an extra beat than some other players we have you can say like our other top six players should be doing the same thing, but Andrew Kopp does it the most consistently. Um, I think the the question mark for Kopp is he's had more time on the PK, especially over the last 10, and, he, and the PK sucks. So you have to denigrate him a little bit because he hasn't been able to uh, be that effective on the PK. Yeah, I don't know if the I don't know if I can really attribute much of the PK to him, but no, but. I- yeah. Anyone associated with a PK lost a half a grade to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they they don't look good at all. Like, but yeah, on like I, I still feel a lot safer with him and Lowry out there than with 
Connor and Wheeler or something like that. It's like, what the? Oh my God. Anyway. Uh, I didn't mind Kyle Connor out there as a test. No, I don't mind it either. Like I like the the principle of it, like or like the theory behind it. It's the it's the Leon Dreisaitl thing. Leon Dreisaitl is not, you know, a noted stellar four on five defender, but you spring a couple loose pucks his way. He's scoring nine point five out of ten times on a breakaway down the middle of the ice. So I like I kind of like the idea. Like I think Kyle Connor is a neat one to put there and definitely over Blake Wheeler, but just yeah, yeah. penalty killing <laughs> um, penalty killing is a different game defensively. It's reads and speed really so yeah it's fair enough yeah a little um, bit of a different game next player i have is evgeny svechnikov um he gets an a from me and i'm actually closer to a b plus than an a plus on him um and the reason being um well firstly it's hard is this you know what i thought of him my expectation of him when we signed him to a pto or when he made the jets at a training camp because that was also different like i i was really after training camp i was like this man is going to be on the team for the rest of the year like He's an amazing hockey player. And I knew he was a good hockey player. Like he was a first round pick in a loaded draft. And he was a good player who just got into a cinch with a weird, unfortunate rebuilding team, some poor injuries. And I just, I was people like, he, he wasn't the same kind of PTO that Trevor Lewis was last year. It's a very different player to me. And I thought that this situation, he was going to get a lot better in it than he was in Detroit. And I was right. And I don't think it should be a surprise to anyone that he is an NHL caliber player. Cause he always has been, it was just not the right fit for him. So he gets an A from me. I've really liked what I've seen from him. Um, and I think he's just getting started too. I think he's going to get even better as the season goes on. And I think part of that will come from getting to play with Dubois and Connor again. And I think everyone's going to be better when they put that line back together. If um, they put it back together. When, when, when they put that line back together. Connor Shifley Wheeler. Connor Shifley Wheeler. Can I remove him from the podcast for a second? <laughs> what are your thoughts? My thoughts are uh well, I settled at a B plus. Um I thought if he were to make the team and get minutes, that he would be good because I always thought of him as a pretty good player who is either injured or buried in the in the minors. So he'd only played like 200 something minutes in the NHL up to this point. And yeah, he's just been real good, like real good in the O zone, real good in the D zone. Um, I think he's done some little things in the neutral zone, like not so much carrying the puck, but just positioning, made some good passes. Um, just really, really steady overall, like maybe a poor man's Matthew Perot kind of thing. Um, yeah, I really like this player. He's become maybe one of my favorite players in the early going this season. Um, but I did, al- I did always think he was going to be good. So I, I settled at a B plus. I also came in as a B plus and uh, I would say, uh, Liz is kind of convincing me to put him as an A because I I was like, oh, this guy's going to be bottom six for us once he made it out of camp. He's playing top six level hockey uh, and or at least middle six level hockey. He needs to play in the top six to be effective given his style of game. Um, I think the only thing that's keeping me from giving him an A is he hasn't been uh, a great finisher. And he's had a lot of chances. And I he's the kind of player that you imagine if he gets a couple to go, he can go on a run. 
Uh, he feels like a little bit of a streaky shooter in that way. Um, and, but like he's sixth on our team in expected goals through the quarter mark. He's ahead of Mark Shifley uh, on, in that category. Like that is way exceeding any expectations we had for him. We got a free top six player. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, I'll say the one thing he's at lead at, mic'd up. Evgeny Svechikov oh. mic'd up. Elite. Give that man the C. Oh, I love him. <laughs> I think he's so much fun. But you know what? No, the Jets don't bring in Russians, right? Also, Kishore, just to jump on your point, he, you said he needs to play in the top six to be successful. He needs to play in Paul Maurice's top six. I believe that with a different coaching system, he could easily see success in the middle six, if not bottom six. Um, but the, with the way that this team rolls, no, he's got to be in the top six. Yeah. You're 100% You're- right. I, I do want to add to Svechnikov, actually. I think if I think he's going to kind of mirror the type of line he plays on, because I think he can kind of do it all, and he'll just kind of fit wherever. Mm. So if you put him with higher skill, he's just kind of going to kind of amplify that higher skill and just make them better in the most important area of the game, and that's offensively. So that's where I want to see him is back with Connor and Dubois. Those three were just dynamite together. It was asinine breaking them up. Yeah. I, the person I don't want to see him with is Lowry, who Lowry's game is obviously more defensive, it is very much a cycle heavy game. I don't think that's Svechnikov's streak is to play a cycle heavy game in the Ozo. And so I like, I do think there is some, and if you end him on the fourth line in a Maurice system, he's going to play five minutes forget it yeah don't like what's the point don't do that oh exactly yeah um okay so now we've kind of moved into the bottom half of the lineup here and i think this is where we'll try and maybe pick up the pace a little bit because i know this episode is going to run pretty long um i know for me most of the next guys that we're going to have have pretty middle of the pack grades for me like there aren't any real big um disappointments or superstars for me but um starting with paul stassen he gets a c plus for me um it's partially the injury's fault not his fault entirely like I don't think he's been terrible I think he's just been kind of hasn't quite found his groove yet again a lot of shifting line mates and stuff like that I expect him to be a little bit slower than last year um but still a smart player and that's pretty much what we've seen just not fully to my expectation just yet so c plus for me for Paul Stastny Brian I gave him a b I think he's been actually pretty solid his passing is like I've, I've watched him kind of closely the last couple of games and he's always in perfect position and his passing is just outstanding. Unfortunately, at times he has trouble keeping up, um, which kind of hurts him in the rest of the game, but he's not hurting the team overall. He's been kind of a just above average type of impact, I think. So uh, I, I ended up giving him a B. I gave him a B minus. I agree with what Brian said. If, if Paul Stastny wants to take a month off and show up like close to the playoffs, great. Like he's going to be important come playoff time because he's such a stabilizing force. Uh, and I can see him doing damage in the right situations in the playoffs, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And um, yeah. Okay. Um, Adam Lowry gets a B for me uh, because I know exactly what to expect from Adam Lowry. And he gives me exactly what I expect year after year. Um, no problem with that. I haven't had any issues with him this year. He's done exactly what I wanted him to do. Um, so he gets a B for me. Um, but it's like a, like a happy B. Like, it's not that I wanted him to exceed my expectations. I knew exactly what I wanted and he's given it to me. So, uh, Kishore. I almost gave him a C minus. He's associated to the PK tough luck. Okay. Um, okay. 
and okay. uh, and he's been fine. You're right. He's been consistent and consistently what we expect. I think the contract looks worse now that we're a quarter through the season than I, I thought it would be. It's not like a killer contract. It's not a Jim Benning level bad contract, but it's not uh, what I was hoping it would be. I guess from a contract standpoint, it is tradable, but um, from a player grade standpoint, he got a B. I think he's been solid in his own end and held the, held the cycle game pretty good. Um, Yeah. He hasn't been like, I I didn't think there was going to be a dominant Adam Lowry again, like back in 2017, 2018 kind of thing. Um, Even with the new system, but he's been, I think, a little bit better than maybe the last couple of years. So I, I'll go with a B. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Jansen Harkins gets a C from me. Uh, this player, I actually do have a little bit more um, to say about him just because it was so different. Like, you know, there was the whole after Appleton left, was he going to be able to fill those shoes? Is that the kind of player he is? Have we seen as much as we've needed to see from him just because he's been 13th forward for so long, that kind of thing, like all these different things. And then he goes to training camp and plays with Pravetti and Svechikov and looks amazing. Um, and it was either Brian or Tony was one of the first people to say, are we sure that Jansen Harkins is as good as we're talking him up to be? Like it, I, like on his own, like all these different things. And I, it made me really stop and think. And then it, sure enough, as soon as you separated him from those two players, I just, I haven't liked what I've seen from him as much. He just kind of looks a little lost to me out there. Like, you know, I always laugh when you see like someone's like, he has great hockey IQ. It's like, what are you ever going to say that someone's like a dumb hockey player? I think Jasmine Harkins is closer to a, (laughs) to a dumb hockey player than I'd like to admit. Like, I'm sorry, that sounds so mean, but like, I just don't know if he contributes a lot on his own, but he doesn't drag lines down. Like he's just a bottom six player for this team and I don't mind him in his role, but like he's expendable to me. I don't really have super strong feelings about Jasmine Harkins. He gets a C from me. Yeah. Um, I think I actually gave him a B. I'm not sure my expectations were ever very high for Jansen Harkins. I think he can be a solid third on a line with two other guys that can kind of drive it as long as he's kind of playing that energy role and doesn't really have to think about it too much in the ozone. Like if he's not if he's not controlling the play, then it's no big deal having Jansen Harkins out there. If if you're asking him to drive a line, well good luck with that it's not gonna work for you um but yeah i just ended up at a b with them uh c for me i think straight line hockey is what jansen harkins can do uh but i think we can't ignore what edmonton did to him on that one or was it dallas that like where oh he was, like, yeah oh it was brutal to watch i felt bad um yeah I thought it was funny, but then again, I, I, I watched the games differently than some people. If, if Jansen Harkins ends up on the fourth line, I think it's a good sign for this team. Um, or if he plays with Lowry, we can't see him beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Dominic Toninato gets a B plus from me, a waiver in between a B, B plus. I, I like him. I really like him as a player. I don't, um, and I was just expecting him to be some guy. And he's been some guy with a little bit of a small upside. Like it's it's a very close to just a regular B for me. I don't have a lot of strong opinions about Dominic Toninato, but um, as far as a fringe pickup from last year, that's a question mark AHL 
NHL type guy, there are a lot worse options out there. Um, so I'm fine with him. BB plus for me. Uh, I went with a B, um, kind of like last year's Trevor Lewis, almost not very much offense at all, but doesn't give up a ton. So, um, I think he has played a little bit on the PK. So ultimately Dominic Toninato gets a B. I gave him a C because he's associated to the PK. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, but I agree. Like B is actually where I'd put him. He's what I wanted Riley Nash to be this year. <laughs> we'll that's get there. Totally fair, actually. Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty good, uh, a pretty good description. Next, Riley Nash. Riley Nash gets a C from me. Uh, I haven't liked what I've seen from Riley Nash. Um, when we brought him in, there were a lot of people who were like, "Okay, I know who this player is, but I don't know a lot about him as like, uh, you know, isolated impacts. What is it?" And it was the whole thing. Nothing happens while he's on the ice on either side. That was the whole thing, but. He's been worse than that to me. Like, I just, I haven't liked anything I've seen from him and associated with the PK. Um, he literally, I think they took him off the PK because he sucked at it. And, like, he's, what, been healthy scratched, like, five games now sporadically throughout the first 20. Like, he yeah. maybe not that many. But I just, I I have no, feel, no, you know, warm feelings towards this player. I don't find he contributes much to this team, and I don't really care about him. He's a C for me. I also ended up at a C. Um yeah, just not a lot there. He's uh, never been good at all offensively. And this year he was not good at all offensively. Defensively, he used to be excellent. This year he's just been okay at it. And to me, if you're not good at all offensively, you got to be quite a bit better than okay defensively. Um, To me, he's just been this year's Nate Thompson, basically. Maybe even a little bit worse than that. So he gets a C, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him on waivers in the next week or so um, if they want to bring up David Gustafson and give him a chance. As they should. Yeah. So he's a D for me. He should be in the press box or he should be on waivers because his spot is preventing Gus from being in the lineup. Like Brian nailed it at that last point. Riley Nash was meant to be the veteran presence that we're kind of getting from Toninato. I, I, he's terrible. Like he should not be playing on, on this team. It's not his fault that he got put on the power play either. I'm not holding that against him. I can't believe we didn't even I that. forgot <laughs> about that. I can't, I, even, know, I, even I don't figure. even know how I didn't even say a thing about it's that. It's been like my favorite storyline of the whole season. <laughs> it's not his fault, but like, my God, <laughs> why? Anyway, oh, anyways, <laughs> did you have more to say, Kishore? No. All right, fair enough. Um, okay, Christian Messalainen gets a B from me. Um, I, I think I want to tattoo the word sample size to my forehead because I feel like that's always like my <laughs> I haven't seen enough of him yet this year. Like the sample size is too small. He's played like 15 games, 20 games, like somewhere in the middle of that. Six to 10 minutes a night. Like it's not enough for me to really give a solid you know, appraisal on this player. Like he gets a B for me. Like he hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been terrific. I think we could see more from him, but I think that's partially a usage thing and not a him thing. So he gets a B. Yeah. I also gave him a B um, with potential room for improvement. If uh, given a bigger role, which I don't think is going to happen, but 
there's some small things that I think he's done really well. Like I think he's been pretty good on the four check and he's made some good decisions in the ozone. It hasn't always led to much offense, but he's also, he's also solid in his own end, um, which is nice. Um, like it's not everything. Um, he only has one goal, which came from a tip in, um, which is kind of underwhelming with a guy with a shot like that. He hasn't been able to, get off his shot. I think in a more offensive role, you could see that. Um, I wish they would play him on the penalty kill or the penalty kill the, the power play. I mean, on the right side there, I just think that'd be a great spot for him to get off his one timer. Um, but yeah, I ended up at a B for him and I kind of have liked his game a little bit this year. Uh, I apologize to Christian Veselainen to do this to him, but I'm going to give a D. Whoa! And then, like, I, I feel bad because I don't think this is his fault. I feel like the Jets' usage has broken his confidence. He has, like Brian said, a really good shot. And right now, he's not scoring, not because he can't do it. I think he's not being put in situations where he can succeed. So I really want him to go down to the moose and just build his confidence back up because we're close to ruining him as a player. Uh, I really think like we're maybe another 20 games from just destroying this kid's career. Uh, like, and you're right, Brian, like he hasn't been terrible defensively. He's melded with the light, right players. He's trying in the right way, but this kid can score. And like, he's just not, and you can see him. I know this is very eye test and 200 hockey men kind of stuff. You can see him thinking out there. It's not, he's not playing loose and free uh, like he has with the moose. And I feel like he needs to just get away from a Marie system right now. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, and our last four were Nathan Bullion. <laughs> um, no, okay, I don't have a lot to B, say about B Nathan plus. <laughs> he was the he, best forward that game against Minnesota. <laughs> I was at Aspergrad on that day, and I was like, oh, like, I was at the Radisson Hotel downtown, and I was, like, blowing up balloons and, like, setting all kinds of stuff up, and I was like, oh, I'm going to put the Jets game on. I, I put it on, they scored, like, three goals in, like, six minutes in the first period, and I was like, close the laptop, we're done here. Like, this is not, it's so funny. Um, but Nathan Boyle gets a C plus from me. I expected bad. I feel like I, I don't know. Maybe he deserves a B, B plus. Um, I have no feelings about Nathan Boyle. I don't even like anyone. You can change my mind very easily on how I feel about him as a player because I don't have a lot of thoughts. His contract is hurting the Jets a lot. And it's not his fault. It's the Jets are, are really hesitant to waive him because they're afraid yeah. they'll lose him at that price. And that, is preventing them setting the right lineup. And then that's how we get 11 forward, seven defensemen because they're afraid of losing him if they wave him. Uh, and that is killing the Jets. There's no reason not to wave him. Like, sorry, I'll I'll say that on my piece. Or did you give a grade already? I didn't even hear Yeah, you. I gave a grade. Like, yeah. He's a B plus, right? Yeah, go for it, Brian. Okay, well, I, I settled at a B. Um, has he been that bad? Maybe not. Has he been good? No. Was I expecting good? No. So 
B. Um, but yeah, there's no reason to be afraid of waving him. Like, I don't think Johnny, I don't think Jonathan Kovacevic is going to do a bad job or as bad a job as a seventh defenseman if that's who you got to call up for the job. Um, even if you think Philly Hanel is not ready to step in the lineup yet. So, yeah, what what's the what's the issue in waving him? I, I just don't really see any utility for him on this roster, especially a one point two five. It's 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 the only move that makes sense is to waive him. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, well, they're I so they cap I guess, strapped. I guess they're if they don't so need, I guess yeah. if they don't need the cap just yet, then they don't need to do it just yet. But. I don't think he finishes the team with the Jets or the team the season with the Jets. I think once it gets closer to the end of the year, when they either start making trades or they need to have the room to call up and stuff, I don't think he's going to be with them anymore. List when there's injuries, Paul Maurice is going to need a super valuable Nathan <laughs> shot blocker. Oh my yeah. god! His right. first pairing with Josh Morrissey <laughs> over Dylan I, I would I would offer if the PK was league <laughs> average, he would have been waived already. Okay, let's go. I, I just put a really so face on <laughs> on list. Hey, I, I don't even like talking about it. I'm Kurt Kilback, and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast.